everybody, I'm Cash. And I'm Aria, and thank you for listening to our podcast, Wayward Sisters. And we're going to be talking about uh, domestic abuse, uh, specifically in Hollywood, specifically in the show Supernatural. Um, We've done a lot of research on this, and we're hoping to share that with you. I got Cass here with me, special guest, Kaylee. All right, so to, to, to start off... We'll just go over the the basics of what you know, um, what a, a domestic abuse is. There are what I've de- designated as three main types. Uh, there's physical abuse, you know, hitting, cutting, bruises, breaking bones, throwing things at people, violence. What we would generally consider like the very uh, visual type of abuse. And then there's emotional, which goes along with uh, neglect, um, with gaslighting and harassment, threatening, shaming, um, can even be isolation and abandonment uh, on the person. And then there's sexual abuse, which is, you know, um, convincing someone to like forcefully commit sexual acts with you or not considering their consent whenever uh, you're pursuing them, not stopping when they ask you to stop and whatever. But um, mainly, we're probably going to be addressing physical and emotional abuse in these cases. So in Supernatural, as a basis, we have two brothers, Sam and Dean, and their father, who throughout the show, we get um, you know flashbacks to their childhood and how John, the father, treated them, uh, as well as uh, some present-day interactions with their dad. So uh, let's start with, I guess we'll start sort of start with our first interaction with John. <laughs> Sorry, I have a violent hatred for that man. Don't we all? First red flag of Supernatural fans is they actually liked John. Listen, they tried to make us feel bad for him in the pilot episode, but after that was the only time I ever had like positive feelings towards him, because like I mean, obviously, like, first episode, you know, you're introduced to him, and it's like, oh, shit, like, his wife just got murdered. (laughs) And then he spends almost his entire life and his son's entire lives trying to hunt down whatever killed his wife and pretty much, you know, neglected his children, like, left Dean to pretty much raise Sam all on his own. It's been said more than once in the show that Dean basically raised Sam. He had to be a father. He had to be a mother. And as well as a brother, but he never really had that chance to, he always had this responsibility on him, which um, should not have been at the age he was. So when his mother died, he was four. Sam was six months old. Sam was six months old. So, you know, from that point, Dean stopped being a child and started taking on the roles of, of taking care of his little brother while his dad was on this rageful quest to find and kill the monster that killed their mother and honestly i think this could more so be construed as just straight up neglect and like abandonment even though he was there he wasn't doing anything he might have had the resources to put a roof over their heads and to give them money to buy food and keep them alive but it's been quoted in the show that he's just, you know, as he's training to become a hunter, you know, hunting other monsters, trying to get information, 
he'd be gone for weeks at a time and leave them, leave two boys just living in a hotel, uh, in a motel, uh, a shabby motel room while he was away. They had to completely take care of themselves um, while their dad was away. And it really, it, you can kind of see it in the, the show as they are, you know, adults now. How, you know, independent they've become. How resourceful they are. But just because they have new skills and, like, they've, in a, in a way, gotten new skills in a positive sense from the neglect, it's still, in many other ways, left them broken and damaged like, on, on an emotional level. Like, the way they're so, like, codependent on each other, like, it's established more than once in the show that, like, they cannot live without each other. In several seasons, several episodes, like, you cannot split up the brothers. Like, one of them will kill you before they let you hurt the other one. Like, it's a dangerously codependent relationship. Like, the one episode where Dean ended up getting sent to a, a group home because he stole bread and peanut butter so that Sam could eat because Dean, or not Dean, because John was gone for an extended amount of time, like, longer than was expected, and, um, Dean and how often he, like, definitely went hungry so that Sam could eat is, like, still very obvious at, in his adult life, where, like, you know, There are episodes, like, where he eats really fast or he eats, like, a lot at once. It's because, like, when he was a kid and his dad would leave him and his little brother for, you know, days, weeks at a time by themselves with maybe not enough money to get enough food for the both of them, Dean would go hungry so that Sam didn't. And it's just really poor judgment on John's part. Like, Mary, it's established that Mary never wanted her sons to grow up in the hunting life. Like, she wanted them as far away from hunting as physically possible. And, like, if John really did love Mary, then he would have, like, raised her kids. He would have raised their sons. As opposed to going on a 22-year-long rage quest to get revenge. Like, he would have respected her wishes and kept the boys away from hunting. Yeah. And and one thing about just, like, the relationship between uh, Sam and Dean and their dad. They have a very formal relationship. Uh, it's been established that John is uh, was a former Marine. And he set about training his sons like soldiers. Soldiers in this war to find this monster that killed their parent, that killed their mom. And, you know, he has his uh, sons dress him by sir, which isn't inherently, you know, bad. There are a lot of households that uh, um, have that sort of formality to them. But it's, it's sort of shown in the show that it's a fierce, it is a fearful use of sir. Like, they do it um, because they know what um, John will do to them if they aren't if they don't respect him uh they would never really say it outright except when they were you know inebriated um but there have been uh on several occasions when dean would be drunk in a capacity and he would say our dad was horrible to us he treated us like crap I am censoring these words. And the most telling thing is that 
um, in a particular episode, Dean knows that this man in front of him is not his father because his father would never tell him he was proud of him and he would rip him a new one. It's okay. So for context, they were, it was after they find the demon that killed their mom, whatever, whatever. And John is being possessed by this demon and Dean wastes a bullet and John is basically like, like, good job. I'm so proud of you. And Dean like pulls, like cocks this gun. He's like, you're not my dad. My dad would would not be proud of me for wasting your bullet. He'd tear me a new one. And then, like, um, Sam is very obviously John's favorite child. Like, very obviously John's favorite. And um, there's a scene where after uh, Sam and John got in a really bad, like, argument slash fight, like, just had been going at each other, and Dean, like, breaks it up, and they go to get in the car to go drive somewhere, probably to their next hunt. John was like... Dean, clean up the rims on your car. I wouldn't have given you the damn thing if I knew you were going to ruin it. And it's just, like, one of those examples that, like, Dean is very clearly his punching bag because Dean's automatic response is, yes, sir. Like, I'm sorry. Like, it won't happen again. And I think it's especially once, like, he re- once John realizes he can't use Sam as that punching bag because Sam has been removed from the, like, very, like, yes, sir, no, sir, whatever military regiment that was living with his father his whole life and it was like off at college and whatnot he realized like I can fight like I can fight back with my dad so when John realizes that he doesn't have that much power over Sam anymore it just like goes to the next level with Dean and just like beating him down like verbally yeah and going back to the whole codependent relationship Dean's whole purpose was to one his whole purpose was to protect Sam and that also meant protecting him from his father. And obviously, uh, Sam has always been um, his father's prized child. And like you said, um, Dean was always the punching bag. But it's this, you can see it later when they're interacting. Sam, uh, Dean would do anything for his brother. He would get between his dad, who he fears more than, like, he, he, he genuinely fears his dad, to um, protect Sam. And... You can tell it like um, this. This one scene, he it goes completely against everything like in him, but he steps between his strong codependent relationship and his dad to you know protect that. It, it, that's his role, um, but it speaks to the whole twisting of his mind that he had to go through as a child, where he had to be obedient to protect both of them. And he still fell into that pit whenever he's in that situation. There's an episode, I don't remember exactly which one it was. I think it was one of the Christmas episodes. The Christmas, the episode that, uh, like, young Sam and Dean, like, th- and Dean got the Samulet. Um, and Dean, like, went out for, like, a minute and he came back and, like, Sam had almost been killed by whatever monster John was tracking. And John's, like, holding Sam in his arms. He's, like, limp and basically dead. Um, And he's, like, you had one job, and that was to protect your little brother. Like, I told you, look out for Sammy. That's all you need to do. And, like, that carries on even to the end of season two. When, uh, when Sam gets stabbed and dies. Sam is dying in his big brother's arms, and Dean's, like, you're gonna be okay. Like, I got you. He's, like, it's my job, right? To look out for my pain-in-the-ass little brother. And he's, like, laughing and crying, but, like, obviously it's coming from a real place of, like, 
what do I do now? Like, my, like, I screwed up. I let my little brother get murdered. Yeah, and then he goes and sells his soul. It's the most, like, drastic thing you could ever do, but it was the only thing that could bring his little brother back. And he did it. I mean, that's, like, his one job in life. And he will fulfill it to the end of his ability. And, you know, what sucks about the entire thing, just as a whole, all of this um, portrayed in the show, is that it's never really addressed. Especially in the later seasons, um, when, you know, the, the tone of the show has changed and uh, we're further away from those uh, those episodes and scenes that really address the relationship that John has with their sons, with, with his sons. And there's a reunion episode with Sam, Dean, the dead mother, don't ask, and, um, and their dad. Sam, Dean, their mother, and their dad all together in a room, and it's this happy, wonderful we miss you dad we love you reunion and it completely undermines everything that it had been telling about their relationship to begin with although i will say there's an episode goodness i don't know how far back i think it was season 12 ish when like when mary first came back and you know she's She's sitting with with Sam and Dean in the bunker, and like they're eating some, they're eating dinner or something, and they're like talking about John. And uh, and Mary's like, oh, he was just such a great father, and then you pan over to Dean, who's just like, li- like a sh- like clearly disassoci- like disassociated, like, sh- like just a shell of himself in that moment of like he was not a great father, but I don't have the heart to tell you. <laughs> And then, once again, when Mary goes behind their back and betrays them to the British Men of Letters, and um, and Dean is like has no patience for it when she tries to come back, especially because she almost got cast killed. But that's another thing. Um, and like Sam's kind of like more okay with it. Like he's still pissed, but he's more like willing to forgive her, and like let it, like more willing to welcome her back. But Dean's like, no, like, you betrayed us. Like, that is not allowed. Like, we're not going to stand for that. And she's like, I'm sorry. Like, maybe I should should just go. And basically, Dean's line is essentially like, don't let the door hit you on the way out. Like, sorry, but not sorry. And I think that was a big thing for us. We were like, yes, go, Dean. Like, stand up to your terrible mother. I I feel a large section of the fandom was very excited when Mary died the second time. Don't ask. Long story. Yes. Um, and it's like this whole progression thing from the very first, you know, scene to uh, to this point you were just talking about is that he was, you know, putting himself before... Uh, um, he was putting him and Sam as a unit before his parents. He was kind of realizing... He was kind of weighing his uh, priorities and he chose Sam and himself over the relationship with the parents. But what um, bugs me about the whole scene, the whole later scene with the reunion is that all that character development that built up to that point was completely erased. 
they were they were not admitting anything they were not angry about anything they were like you're here and obviously I think they were chalking it up to oh your dad's been dead for so long your mom just died and you're you know you're seeing them again for the first time like in ages but that still doesn't erase any of the previous trauma and that's what you know the whole thing with Hollywood is that they aren't necessarily addressing the impact people have, uh, the impact abusers have on their, you know, abu- uh, their victims. Because in these domestic abuse situations, there is a, you know, there is a bond, an emotional bond that they have with one another. And a lot of time when you're able to get out of it, uh, when the victims are able to get out of it, they're able to, you know, further distance themselves from that, you know, get therapy and work their way through it. Granted, these characters never got therapy and they n- <laughs> never got through it. But in this reunion episode, um, Hollywood just completely, the writers just, you know, undermined all that, you know, character development to put on a good show. Which then doesn't bring to bring forth in the eyes of the viewers if they aren't looking prop uh, if they aren't looking in the right places how the relationships were previously abusive, and then go on to believe that oh, since these big name people are th- are saying you know since these writers are saying that this relationship is a good relationship, that what they did before wasn't all that bad but I also think you have to um think about the way the trauma response as well of the like you know they like I I know they did all that terrible shit but they are still my parents and like I should love them because they're my parents which like I understand a lot and like I think the guy like Sam and Dean kind of feel like they owe their dad obviously they don't because like John didn't even do the bare minimum like, as a parent, but I think, like, that's their mindset is, like, and it's, like, stated more than once, like, you know, he did his best. Like, first of all, no, he didn't. Second of all, just because, you know, they're your family, they're your dad, they're your mom, whatever, doesn't mean that you owe them love and respect. Yes, and with that, you know, how that, how completely accurate that is, going back to this particular episode, they, they, um, there, there was a, <laughs> there's been years since they last saw their dad. Like, I, I think at least 10 years since they saw their dad. And they've discussed it. They've discussed that, you know, and shown that character growth and the, the, in the, um, episodes that sort of address that time of their lives. Um, and you, you do incrementally see that, that, uh, character growth in the episodes, but, in not explicitly talking about it, or maybe not if in not addressing the actions and saying that they were wrong in the TV show, goes and shows that it tells the audience, oh, don't worry about it, don't think about it, it wasn't that bad, you know. It, it's the the message of the reunion is to forgive past mistakes when the situation of abuse is permanent damage right they yeah they repeatedly like try to redeem him with the whole like oh you know 
dad was like a real hard ass, but you know, he tried his best, like, you know, after mom died, whatever, whatever. There's a whole thing, like when I think it's in season four or five, when the brothers die and go to heaven, and it's like, uh, it was a memory of Dean's when John and Mary had been fighting and and uh, John moved out for a few days, and Sam's like, oh, I thought they had the perfect marriage, and he was like, and Dean's like, it wasn't perfect until she died, and that whole kind of thing, and then also, John's attitude towards the boys went right like right after Mary died, and like his memory or his actions towards Sam after Mary died directly mirrors or is like a direct parallel to how Dean acts to Jack after Cass dies. So it's like very obvious like you like your parents the parents' actions and the parents' pattern of abuse and cycle of abuse will continue with their children. There's even mm-hmm. a line in one of the episodes in season thirteen before Cass and Dean are reunited where Sam's like, dude, what the hell? Like, you, you're you acting like dad. Like, the whole drill sergeant thing isn't going to work. And Dean's like, it worked just fine for me. And, he, and Sam's like, well, it didn't work for me. And no one's, and, like, it might not work for Jack. Like, you don't need to be so hard on him. It's not the kid's fault that Jack died. Or not Jack, uh, Cass. Yeah. And I think, and they both, they both, like, show two very different reactions to being raised by an abusive parent like Sam is the per- the person that's like I'm breaking this cycle like my children will not be raised the same way I was like I will not treat my children like that and Dean's the person that's like I turned out just fine like I don't see what was wrong with the way I was raised like I turned out fine so did my little brother granted granted I do think that Dean is in a state of a denial he was also the one who um got the brunt of the abuse like he said he he would protect sam from as much as he could um but yeah it's uh it's dean doesn't do the whole emotion thing and he doesn't get help for himself he's he was raised by his dad to be independent to be emotionless to protect Sam and uh, to protect Sam over taking care of himself, and that's like that's just his baseline throughout the entire show. It's the that that permanent damp uh, the permanent you know baseline that he grew up on, and um, and you know the cycle of abuse did stop with um it would stop with Sam, and you see that in the whole last episode thing yes um in my in my paper uh it i i talk a bit about um how yeah people kids who were abused they are actually more likely to pass on that cycle of abuse than people who weren't and while um a majority of them like sam wouldn't uh carry on that cycle dean is obviously one of those um, one of those people who never worked through his problems, who didn't, who doesn't want to admit the errors of his parent in order to change how he acts in that situation himself. Right, and, like, much like, uh, I think it's also how John, like, trained him, but, like, all of his negative emotions, he, like, resorts to violence. Like, his whole thing is, like, 
I'm like I'm angry. I need to go kill something. And like in um uh fifteen eighteen, he's like he's starting to feel that like remorse now that he knows like his life and Cass's life is on the line. Like for real this time, like someone's gonna die, and um, he's like it's because I like I Chuck's wa- Chuck's blood was in the water and I couldn't think clearly and all I had all I wanted to do was kill him. And he's, like, slowly, like, processing that and, like, realizing, like, oh, shit, like, that's not healthy. And now it's going to cost me, like, someone very important to me. And um, in uh, season 13, episode 6, or no, maybe it's episode 4, I don't know. But uh, when they go to talk to that therapist, uh, and they're, like, posing as clients for this therapist, and, like, Sam's actually, like therapizing himself and like Dean is just making fun of the whole thing and like ends up upsetting Sam so much that he has to leave the room and like obviously that was like ended up being like just a ploy for Sam to be able to investigate the building but it's still like Dean is not ready to like break down what he actually went through as a child and like why what he went through was so like messed up yeah, it's, uh, Sam was emoting, and Dean, you know, those walls had been built up, and his, well, his, uh, his, um, defenses are, uh, particularly hard, um, and violent towards, you know, others and himself, so he'll, he'll resort to drinking, he'll resort to violence, he'll resort to, um, you know, insulting people and uh, not, you know, being unsympathetic. He'll shut down any and all emotions that um, coincide with the situation uh, in order to not deal with that trauma. Like, a lot of times, especially after, like, something happens with, like, with Cass or someone just very important to him, like, we see, like, his alcoholism, like, go up to 11 like he is constantly drinking granted like drinking is something very prevalent in the hunter community like everybody knows that but even like season like season four after Dean experienced the trauma of like being in hell and you know like refuses to talk about it because you know he refuses to let anybody believe that something's wrong um and like, even Sam was like, dude, like, you have been drinking, like, a lot more than normal. Like, we need to talk about this. Like, you need to tell me what happened while you were in hell so we can work through this and you don't drink yourself into an early grave. And, like, after, um, after fifteen eighteen, and, you know, Cass is dead, like, for real this time. Like, we see Dean in the next episode passed out on the floor using a whiskey bottle for a pillow. It's, like, every time he experiences, like, big negative emotions, he, like, just goes straight to drinking because that's all he knows how to do. Yes. Yeah. And it's one of those just prominent things of uh, that a lot of uh, people who um, have experienced trauma, um, and that includes a lot of uh, people, uh, a lot of child vic- um, child abuse victims, um it's 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 that common thing that they resort to it you know alcohol you know allows you to escape in that way um 
And I can personally say I do know at least one person who has uh, dealt with abuse in that way. Um, in, well, in my family and in uh, just my life. And um, it's a real thing. And it, that's just to say, you know, just to wrap things up, is that the show is actually, you know, fairly accurate on the points of, you know, how the trauma affected them as people. Um, We can see that in the research and how that is paralleled in the show. But then the whole overarching issue of not addressing that in a uh, conclusive manner uh, on the part of the writers, they not doing that um, then helps perpetuate the whole cycle um, and it, it, it's an example to people who watch the show, um, to not be more aware of it, to not see those actions as, you know, bad or abusive in any way. So, thank you for listening. If you even got this far, thank you. Make sure to check us out on so our social medias, on Instagram and Twitter, at Wayward Sisters Pod. Uh, we have updates there. We can, you know, talk and, you know, get your input on topics that we can discuss for you guys. So, adios.